You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joy Elkanen and Dennis Dick. It's kind of quiet out there, folks. Not a lot going on in earnings land. Not a lot going on in ratings land. We have a couple of headlines. The uh, HP Xerox deal looks like it's not going to happen, at least for now. A couple, we've got a buyback, we've got some dividend stuff, uh, some some headlines here and there, but nothing crazy. Of course, we're at all-time highs, so that's kind of the theme of the day. Uh, our guest today, Alan Brockstein, he's the founder of 420 Investor and New Cannabis Ventures. He will join the show at 8 to 35 to uh, talk us through some uh, pod stocks and reaction to earnings. Uh, in the meantime, Joel, what's the word here overnight? Oh, green on the screen, up six handles, 24 and a quarter, a little dip overnight to 1375. They didn't come down to my bid, though. Uh, we rallied. We've taken out Friday's high. We've gone to 2775, folks. Nothing out there. I could just give you a target based on the uh, nine-day average range at 31.26. Crude in the red by 29 cents at 57.54. Gold in the red by 1020 at 1458.30. Silver under 17, down 17.8 cents, 1677. And Bitcoin continues to just kind of wither away down at $75 at 8,430. Spencer, my first question to you is Are you going to change the intro tomorrow? Because we are not going to be live from Detroit. That's we are going to be live from New York City. I hadn't considered that, but now that you mention it, I will think about it. Uh, it's true. We will be live from New York City tomorrow. Uh, I am live from New Jersey today, so close enough. Uh, so we got a big week uh, in store for us here at the show. But uh, big week for the market last week, though. Dennis, what do you say here, being at all-time highs? I mean, we just keep grinding. Every dip is getting bought. There's no reason to worry. You have seasonality, I mean, working your favor here too. At least the market has no immediate reason to worry. I mean, if the trade deal falls apart, which it doesn't appear, you know, according to Cudlow, it's getting close. There's so many things that are going right for the market right now. It's hard to really get the bear case going. I hate being short the market at all-time highs. I hate being short any stocks at all-time highs. 
So it's difficult. And so you get money managers here that maybe were really worried back in August, September. Maybe they lightened up. And obviously, we can't come out now and they know they're wrong. So every single dip continues to get bought. We've seen, you know, a couple, you know, 100 point dips in the Dow, uh, you know, called 10, 20 point dips in the S&P. Those are immediately bought back. And even on the individual stocks, like we saw a downgrade to Apple that got immediately bought back the next day. Carter Worth was on CNBC saying Apple's a sell now. That went down after hours. I believe that was on Thursday night. And by Friday morning, it was already back up again, too. So, I mean, the dips are getting bought on all the major stocks. And uh, it's just relentless, too. Relentless. It's been relentless for a decade, Joel, really. I mean, yeah, we've had some lulls in the buy the dip crowd there. We've had some, you know, we had that 120% correction, but. Let's be honest here. I mean, it's been straight up for 10 years. All right. Time for a Benziga article idea. How many, how, what's the record for how many days in a row you've made a new all-time high? I mean, this is getting to be, I mean, I look at the, and I don't know if you want to do the closer or whatever, but I'll just pull up the S&P here. And boom, I think with in the last five sessions, let's see here. Um we didn't well, get one two days ago, though, I don't think, did we? No, we didn't. There's only two in a row. I'm right, because we There's had There's a lot that. in a row, but this trend is up. Yep. The trend is up. We're breaking out. You could call, like, the bull case here is kind of scary for the bears. I mean, you could go <laughs> jump on the S&Ps here and say, we were in consolidation station for almost two years. From 20, when we got up to, let's call it two on the SPY, if you want to do SPY. Back, we got up to, like, 286 back in January 2018. That's almost two years ago. And then we, you know, we've had some pull. Obviously, the big sell-off in late 2018 when it looked like, you know, this is going to get serious, and that got bought too. And now we're coming out, and now we're breaking out. We're over this three, you know, 300 on that spy. Uh, I like looking at the spy because I'm only paying for S&P futures quotes. And you know, got the argument that maybe it's going to be a continuation of the move that we saw from 2013 up to 2017, which was over a double. So, and, you know, and what I'm looking at is looking at, you know, the beginning of 2013, we were 134, and then we got up to 286. So we doubled in those four and a half years. I mean, I'm not saying we, we're going to double from here, but if you're looking at it from a technician's perspective, you could move up quite a there's bit. Technically, here. We're, we're, yeah. We're, technically, we look very strong. Yeah. And technically, we look very strong. We did, we ran through the components there last week, and most of them look pretty good, too. I mean, Microsoft breaking through 150 this morning. Now, 150 is going to be big for Microsoft. I know it's trading up through it in the pre-market here. It has not traded through it in the regular session. So maybe there's a maybe there's some size there that could potentially hold down the opening print. But, you know, if you, if you talk about running starts, you're only three cents away from your trading over in the pre-market. There ain't no better running start than this Microsoft is getting. Is everyone, just make sure when, uh, you know, we mention some of these terms, if we have anybody new to the show, what we mean about, you know, regular session versus the pre-market getting a running start. We have a lot of terminology. So if anybody has any questions about that, uh, please feel free to pop in in the chat. Um, Coin Collectors bringing up an interesting chart here. Uh, Stock we haven't talked a lot about, MO. He wants to know if it's breaking out from 47 here and – it's definitely cleared 47 on Friday. I see the highs that he's talking about clearing 47. <sighs> Big red bar to work up to 52, and that's when they were thinking the merger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's a, a value stock, right? It's come off its low. I just, I don't know. It's just not a 7% super- dividend is juicy. And you just got to look at, though, it's still tobacco. Is tobacco a growth industry? No. 
So you're going after, you're basically going in this, you know, not thinking this thing's going to 60 or 70 or $80. I don't think that's happening. You're jumping in this saying, can the thing be stable and continue to collect the 7%? Go to the longer term chart. The trend is still down. We like selling stocks and downtrends. So out of all the charts you think out there when the stocks are making new all-time highs, is this the one you want to own? Is this what you want to own when the market's breaking out? Is Altria Group or Philip Morris? I don't. I'd rather own the other stocks that have been leaders. I mean, the stocks that are making new all-time highs. Is there yeah. a potential trade up to 50 here? Is it breaking out? Yeah, you're going to have a whole lot of sellers up there at 50. There's a lot of people who have been underwater. It's been a good month and a half. Again, the laggards have come back, though, Joel. Sure. This has been a laggard trade. That's not going to last forever. So it's been a good run. It's been a good month for MO. Uh, but it's still tobacco. People are not smoking as much. Um, you know, I, I know, you know, with all, all the health and everything else that's going on, I just can't bring myself to go buy a tobacco company thinking this is where I want to put my money. But on the other hand, 7%, you know, if that's, that did, that's, that's the that's only nice. attractive thing. It's a nice dividend. Philip Morris too, same thing. I mean, five point, or no, let's look at Philip Morris, 5.53%. These are good dividends. Are they going out of business? No, they're not going out of business. Are the cat dividends safe? Probably. But they're not growth industries. They're not even, I don't even know if they're growing at all. And I just think about the way, think about how the younger generation, like Spencer, you're obviously not the young, young generation, but you're a lot younger than me and Joel. Are people, are the young kids smoking as much? Well, they were. They are? Vaping, key, keyword. Well, you they think, were you think like they're the right. average person is smoking as much as they were in Joel's generation? Like person, like obviously a population growth since the since C- the nineteenth C- century. Cigarettes? Joel. No, 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 not cigarettes. No, uh, vaping was it is. Uh, but vaping's the alternative. I just right. mean all together. I just don't no. see as many people smoking as they used to. Well, I mean, now that you know cannabis is legal in in, in most states, right? I mean, no. I, well, that's competitive to a certain extent, but I just mean in Canada, no. for instance, you no, can't smoke no. in public almost anywhere now. Yeah, the answer is no. So that's why I look at it and think I want to put my money where it can potentially grow. You know, not just sitting there trying to collect the dividend. If I wanted to collect the dividend, there's safer places to get it than MO. If I want a seven percent dividend. There is a lot of preferred stocks yielding 6 7% out there. Preferred stocks and good companies. So even a lot of your banks, the preferred shares are still trading up at five and a half, six. So you're going to pick up an extra one. If, if you're under the impression that MO in a stock is not probably going to appreciate significantly, you're just trying to grab that dividend. And a lot of people just jump in and say, well, this tobacco is not going away. I'm going to grab the 7% dividend and collect. But if you were doing that, over the course of the last couple of years, let's look at the monthlies. I mean, this stock back in 2017 was $78. So if you're trying to collect that 7% dividend since 2017, you're significantly down on your money. The thing's 48 bucks. Trend is not your friend. I like stocks trending up, not trending down. All right, that's a look at uh, Mo and Philip Morris. And then just a couple other for DC1 here, asking about PayPal and Visa. Uh, hmm. PayPal... I mean, it's come off its high. It looks like it's trying. I can't call this a broken chart by any imagination. No, no. But just not, I don't know. I, it, let's see if you get a target. Let's see if you could get up to what, 110? Or no, 108.5 would be a nice target there. And then I think if you could break above 110, a uh, nice rally there. Uh, Visa, I mean, just another slow, you know, a pullback off the high. The significant number I would see. Uh, for that is 182.40. I just wonder, and I haven't really thought this whole process through yet. What about like Apple and uh, Google, you know, teaming up with some of these banks and getting into the payments? I just, uh, 
you know, they can't beat them. So I guess they're joining them. I guess that's just a, it's just a tough arena. We'll have to see how everything it doesn't out. help. It's the one main reason I dumped PayPal years ago is that I thought Apple Pay and I thought all these other payment systems were coming at them. And I was like, this, the competition's going to get steep. And it really never happened here over the last few years. Is it coming eventually? I think so. So I don't know I'm coming here and buying PayPal long-term. But with that being said, I still own MasterCard in the long-term account. The valuations are high, but they're not extreme. And they've grown so much. I mean, these two stocks, you think about markets making new all-time highs. Well, these stocks continue to make new all-time highs every single year. So if the market's going to break out and continue to make new all-time highs, I'd imagine MasterCard and Visa are too. PayPal's a little bit off, valuation's a little more lofty, but it's still making some money too. So I, I can't argue with you if you're buying PayPal, you know, on the pullback and thinking it could get to all-time highs. It could, but just be aware that I think Jules right. I think there is some competition eventually coming here. Uh, Chubbs pops in. He says, Mo has a big investment in Jewel. So that, right, that, that's the vaping part. Right, that's what yeah, I was saying. That right. was good for a while, but from what I can tell, they that ain't so good now. So uh, They had to write it down. I don't know how much, though. Yeah, that's that's huge. And uh, I don't know. BZ Tokyo here is what's up with these rumors about some big Netflix in- investor? I have not heard anything about that. This morning? Someone- yeah, that's what he said. He saw a rumor, and then the CNBC could be right. is CNBC going to have a have a guy on. I don't know. Uh, I'll just take a look. Uh, CNBC is going to be talking Netflix. I guess they said. Yeah, I don't know what to what to think. Uh, so you often get a CNBC push when they get the the prime time, like eight thirty nine o'clock in the morning. The CEOs come on. They often lift the stocks, even the big ones. They were widely traded, and it gets everybody excited. Oh, they're talking to CNBC. I better go buy that. I'm still going to say, and obviously in the last couple of months, Netflix has stopped going down. I'm still going to say, and it's below 300 still. 300 is going to be huge for it. But I still think Netflix is a sell. That's my opinion. Um, I've been bearish for a while. I still think there's, there's so much competition coming. So much. I think content's pulling off. I don't want to pay the nosebleed valuation, but I could be wrong. I mean, it's been going up. I thought it was sell 280. It's 296 now. So I'm still sticking to my... I think I don't. I don't think you want to own Netflix. This is my opinion. I tell you, if it's uh, you know, also when these, I mean, when you get these kind of things, it's always good to watch the price action on that day. Let's say it gets a nice pop, you know, to three ten, and then just fades over the next couple days. You don't have to get in the action, you know, that day exactly. I mean, look what the what the euphoria and happened in Disney here, right? Oh, billions, trillions of subscribers. It had the day. It had. And we were skeptical day. of that. Yep. Spencer we too. talked about the 150, but we also were skeptical about the 10 million. Me and Spencer, we were talking, remember, on the show the day after, went up to the 150 and just saying, how many of these 10 million subscribers are on the free trial or got it free from Verizon? So I completed talking against my book because I have in the long-term investment portfolio, but it was just a ridiculous move for a stock that big. Comes back down to the 140 area. Does it get interesting, though, Joel? Oh, very. Yep. Yep. I guess that, uh, you know, I've been talking be afraid of that gap at 115 120 that just does not want to fill that gap that area that it had on initial news and now you got another one so it's tough i mean it gave you a bunch of shots at 130 and now it's a little bit of a fade i guess you just have to wait to see you know how those numbers shake out but uh man oh man there was a lot of buying going on that day and i just think it was just buying, beginning buying, you know, you got a nice position. You just keep going. I don't know what the short interest oh, is. Yeah. That, yeah. Just like buy 50, guys jumping buy 50, in. buy 50, buy five, you know, boom, 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 lifting offers, listing offers. And then 
you know, all those get done. It comes down to buck, you know, buy, you know, you probably don't even have to buy. I mean, you could probably, you know, just be lifting offers. So there was a lot, a big volume there. Once again, backed off from the 150 area. Let's see if it uh, pulls back and digest a little bit. So other individual stock news, Hewlett Packard and Xerox looks to be on hold here this morning. Um, what, what's the headline here, Spencer? Yeah, cold or hard or rejection. Uh, from HP to Xerox said their price was just too low and they noted Xerox's declining revenues. And so that looks to be on hold for now. So both stocks down slightly here in the pre-market. Um, HPQ trading just slightly down. I guess they think, you know, maybe they're going to come back with a better price. You do have Icon in there pushing now. So I don't think, I think they're still below. There's people who are saying that, you know, there's still potential deal could happen here. So I don't think this thing's going to like tank two points on this simply because there's still smoke around here and icons pushing for a sale too. So maybe they hope they're going to get a better price. And uh, um, everyone talked about the potential flip, you know? Well, that's what I was worried about. That's why I sold my Hewlett Packard uh, out just because I was worried about that potential flip. And it was a ridiculous move. I mean, when it popped up and they were t- talking about a price of $22 the next day, I mean, anything's still trading a 20 and a half. It didn't seem like that great of a premium at that point in time, especially after Gasparino came out and said, that they were really blindsided by this and weren't too impressed. I mean, that was kind of writing on the wall. They were going to reject it. So here it is, 20 bucks. I think it just hangs out. It's waiting for the next headline. So it's hard to trade this at all here now because it's just going to be headline dependent. I mean, if you start to see no action for a while, maybe it starts to fizzle out a little bit. But if there's more rumors that kick up, that could, you know, that maybe Xerox is going to raise their price, that could kickstart it immediately. So headline stock for now. All right, uh, Coin Collectors making a good comment here about trading Roku off the Disney headlines. And uh, boy, oh boy, that correlation worked extremely well on that day, right? When, it's uh, not even just off the correlation off that because Disney's come back in and Roku hasn't stopped going up. So right. it's just everybody sees this as a pure play on streaming and they think everybody's going to streaming, which it looks like they are. People are willing to play the nosebleed valuation. I mean, it's had two nice pullbacks to buy on. I wish I, I bought on the first one a little bit, but I wish I would have been playing the second one, which I did not. The Disney really catapult this and kickstart it. I like I like my Comcast. It's easy. I know how to find my channels. They're going to stream too, though. I mean, yeah. everybody's going to go to streaming. It's where it's going. Roku's a pure play on it, so it probably stays in favor for a while. The story was hurting but it was never broken this was a story that just cooled off and and that was obviously back in september now the story is hot again disney made the story hot again and i don't know how long it stays hot valuation really doesn't make any sense but it doesn't matter at this point in time because the story is hot you know the stuff we're going to teach about out there tomorrow when we're in new york is when you've got a story the story is all that matters it doesn't matter you can't look at things and this is what so many short sellers do wrong is they look well the valuation doesn't make any sense so I'm just going to short it here and collect. But when you've got a story going, there's a lot of issues. Or you've even got market structure issues like in Beyond Meat where you can't get a borrow. It doesn't matter that the valuation doesn't make sense because if you can't get a locate, you're going to get bought in on your shares. And you're going to be forced to buy it back. So you've got to consider all those factors. Now, Roku's not that. Roku's just a hot story still. Don't short hot stories is what I'm saying. What Until about- the story cools, then you short it. Uh, Nicholas, is that any thoughts on Costco? I mean, if I bought a hundred shares every time I went to Costco, I'd be a, a wealthy man here. Uh, kind of like the way the spoot chart, spike chart yep. was just consolidating up at the high of the move, all time high. 
307.34. You hit 307.10 this month as well. So you could call that resistance here. I guess you would kind of want it to bust through there, maybe hit 310. They announced a little, they have uh, earnings a little bit later, right? In the uh, yeah, in they're the they're always them and Nike are always late. Them are late, so just keep an eye. I mean, you wanted to get back up to that three oh seven, clear that three oh seven thirty four high, uh, but surely just doesn't right now showing no indication of going down. And don't they have? Aren't they just getting rolling in China? And uh, right, didn't they open one up there and they had to close it because there were so many people there and they got the subscriptions? So. I don't know. I dropped a couple hundred bucks there over the weekend. So, I mean, seems like I do that every couple hard, of weeks. Yeah. Hard to fight Costco. I mean, the stock, you go to the parking lots, you can't get a parking spot half the time. The stock just, the company just has it going on. Stock's always had a little bit Free of samples. A higher valuation. But, I mean, this is a stock that if you've been buying pullbacks on, you've always been happy. Free samples. You got to you gotta love the free I take samples. my kids there for lunch half the time on those free samples. They love it. My, my boy likes that almost better than going to like a toy store. So I'm like, yeah, let's go to Costco. And we go in the cart and then we just walk through and we, you know, we try this and we try that. And they love trying all the little free samples. Dollar hot dogs too. And the uh, onion grinder on the sidewall there. Can't you can't beat in the 50 cent pop, cheap ice cream. <laughs> I mean, that's what they do. They've got you. Uh, my, my one friend at Bright always says, now they're so smart. You go drop two, 300 bucks and they give you a dollar hot dog. and You feel good about yourself leaving. I mean, where do you go and you drop 300 bucks and you feel good when you leave? Oh, I got the deal on that hot dog, though. It makes me feel good at the end. Smart. S&P's coming down. Yeah, what's going on over there, Spencer? What are you doing? You want to go to bed here? Come on, Spence. Out in... Out in New Jersey, it's all good. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Yeah, I see that red candle. I don't really know what uh, what the reason for the move is. But... Uh, maybe ask the Brentster. We'll, we'll see. I mean, you got to figure where, you know, where it elevated levels here and someone comes in point sell off isn't that extreme (laughs) exactly exactly we've had a nice 14 point range already so uh let's go spencer we uh we had some other things we wanted to talk about bristol myers is a go okay you have the headline on that one spencer broke friday night i threw him under the bus where is he oh i I was on mute sorry So Friday night. I, 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 I pull the old mute trick. I pull the old mute trick. All right. It looks uh, like yeah. they get FTC clearance. Yeah, this was the other big news, really. There isn't that Friday much going night. on today, but this is from Friday. Bristol Meyer received the FTC clearance for Celgene. So that's closing. Uh, they expect uh, the let's see here. They they extended the the expiration date for the offer to November twentieth, but that's closing now. So I don't I don't have a date for when that could close by. If you see one, Dennis, I thought I heard that the deal could close November twentieth in two days. Now, yeah, well, I, may, so I read this. I thought I, I read November twentieth. November twentieth is is the is the new deadline. So I would imagine that that sounds right. So anyway, it looks like I'm just trying to read for through the not just read the headlines, but they expect to close the transaction on November the twentieth. So they're expecting to close this in three days. That's close. Yep. So yeah, this deal is going off. Celgene's going off the board. So left TC clearance. It looks like it's done. Um, reason Celgene's not trading up significantly on this, they bought it up on a Friday night, but the Arabs weren't doing their math because the thing was already trading basically at the takeout price. So they bought it up to 111.50. They're paying too much. It's $50 plus Bristol Myers shares. So um, if you look at that and you do the math here, 
it still seems like it's trading at a slight premium, which I don't totally understand. But anyways, maybe there's something else I'm missing there. I've, I've traded this. I just know uh, before it's just said, I'm going to miss trading this. Actually, the Celtic Bristol Myers has been a really good trade for me where I just trade them one for one. So when Bristol Myers moves 50 cents, Celtic moves All 50 right. cents. I got your, uh, your, your catalyst on, on your red candle in the S&Ps here. This is from a CNBC reporter. They said, uh, yeah, trade. Eunice Yoon is her name. Uh, Cited a government source saying China is troubled after Trump said he wouldn't roll back tariffs. Do you know what? We have seen this headline. How many times? A thousand. I'm I'm getting sick and tired of it. And all I know is that you better just have a level or have an idea because if you, it's just, and I haven't done it, but it's like it sells off. Don't short into it. Buy it. I mean, it happened two times last week. You know, I'm not – no investment advice here. But so far, yeah. it's just, you know, it's just been – and who is she? Who is this lady that reported this? Who is she talking to? I mean, it's so so unclear we here. We keep but. going around and around and around. And, yes, we're getting closer to a deal. But this has been like – how when did this all start? This China, like is, we got to be like a year and a half of this, aren't we? It feels like I w- forever. I would Over think a almost, year. I feel like almost two years by now. Maybe two years. We're gonna get a deal. Okay, market rallies, hundred points. We're not gonna get a deal. Okay, market sells off. We're gonna get a deal. Now that even the responses to it are are getting more muted. I mean, yeah, we're selling off three, four points on it, but when you get these negative trade deal headlines six months ago, we sold off three hundred points on the Dow. Now you know we're selling what? off 30 points. I don't think we're getting a deal until the like election. I think I don't know where this optimism came from, but I think that well, it's coming uh, from the White House. I mean, well, it's Cudlow. Cudlow was the last week saying they're getting close to a deal. So yeah, it's not even where it? it's coming from. It's coming from the White House. But what about uh, that whole flip that we had with Trump a couple weeks ago or months ago? Remember? That would really it caused the market to go down. He said something that was totally contradictory to what the headlines were. I can't even remember. This has happened so much, but uh, just keep an eye on your levels. That was a, that was a few months ago when they said it was, he said ago. negotiations were going well. And he had a good phone call, and then China officials came out and said, "No, there's been no phone call." Okay. I remember that. There you go. There you go. The phone, uh, the, the, the phone call, no phone call. <laughs> go no go. Do we still know if there was a phone call or not? No, we don't. Doesn't matter. Uh, Doesn't matter. Okay. When you're the president, about- you can make up phone calls. We, we talk about, you know, stocks and to make a move and they need a catalyst. And there hasn't been a catalyst present in Ford for about 20 years here. And uh, they're rolling out some new cars. Electric, Electric I hope. Yeah. Yup. Yup. Could this finally be something that kickstarts Fords here in the Motor City? What do you think? It's a laggard. We've had some laggards rally. Could we continue to see some laggards rally? Maybe. Again, we've had the best environment for investing in these autos, if you really think about it. Ford's had record sales, F-150 still kicking butt, low interest rates, and the stocks have only went down in that environment. Why are they going to go up if the environment you know, stays the same or worsens? I don't know how you get a better environment. That's why I, don't, I, mm-hmm. I owned Ford for a lot of years in my long-term portfolio. I sold it out about two years ago, I believe it is now. I think at the end of 2017, I sold it out because I finally got fed up with that. And it was the right call. The stock's been a lot further down since then. Took the tax loss because I just don't see any potential for growth. The stock continues to remain on favor. Yes, you get a 6% dividend. That's nice and all. But when the stock goes down 10 or 15% every year, you're still losing money. So could it turn it around? The electric cars are going to help. I mean, maybe, maybe. 
Uh, I'm Not, on the fence on this. No, I know. I, I think the you. dividend's safe. And you're getting a 6.63% dividend. But again, it's almost like the Mo story. It's like, well, there's no growth here, though. Do I really want to jump in? If I really want a dividend, why not buy a preferred stock on a good company and get five and a half or six? Why go for the extra 0.6 on a company that, you know, or a stock at least that's way out of favor? You know, I'm just going to go with, I know I come up with a few crazy theories here now and then and stuff, but I just think there's going to be less cars on the road. Not I true. mean, in five, I 10, 50, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Who makes the most cars? GM and Ford. The, and the margins are so and, thin. And, yeah. You think about those sales, how much they sell. sell you think about how, you know, comparatively their margins are just razor thin. There's so much expenses all the way through, even after they make the sale. Think about how many recall Recalls. notices there was, that yeah. you get. I got three on my, or I've already got three on my Pacifica. I mean, I've, I've only had it a year and a half. It's been in three times for recalls. Yes, it was the first year run. You know, same thing with my F-150. I've already had a recall on that too. I've only had it for nine months, 10 months. It's already had a recall. Those are, those are free to us, expensive to the company. Big time. Big, Big time. time. Yep. Yep. No. So, I mean, I'm just, you know, I like those stocks. We're in Detroit. You know, they support a lot of jobs in the area. Detroit's diversifying their base, making much more of a technological hub, the next Silicon Valley. But uh, I just, I don't know. I just I worry. I worry about that. And I just, with less cars on the road, I don't know if there's only no stocks. It's just, you know, Fiat Chrysler's trying to do something with, uh, uh, Peugeot, I think, trying to merge or cut expenses here. So they I don't need know. expenses down. And when these things, a couple of went bankrupt, obviously, we lost General Motors. It was Chrysler, too, I believe we lost before it ended up obviously getting merged over there into a fiat now um, during the financial crisis. They still couldn't break the unions. I mean, you think about that. The companies are literally bankrupt and they're, you know, they take some concessions, yes, but they really, you know, there's still Cannot. people making. $55, $60 an hour when you consider all the, you know, the benefits and everything in there. I mean, that's a crazy amount of money. I think that's what, that's what was reported for. It's like $55 an hour for your, 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 your average worker in there when you consider all the, the benefits that they're getting. It's big I, time. I, that labor is just huge. Hard to fight that labor. Rob Hood says no, no vehicle uh, equals no freedom from travel. I, I totally disagree with that. I, I, I mean – there's other ways of transportation. There's Uber, there's Lyft. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of things. And if you think about... I'm not sure if that's what he's saying, but yeah. Well, oh, there will really? still be cars. I think your point is you'll be able to summon your a car to you and it, it will drive you to your... Me and you are going to have a car to go downtown, Spencer. We'll have a little... We'll just dial it up. I'll say, get me first, uh, pick up some hot coffee, and then we'll go get Spencer. Okay. And we'll uh, we'll have the old driverless car bring downtown. Okay. We'll some is it? To, you might have to get up a little bit earlier because I get in before you. But um... <laughs> please, please. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on here. There was. A we couple... are moving down, though, folks. Yeah, this yeah. Is... We're down eight, we're... nine points. Oh now. my God! This is a sell-off of sell-offs here. Buy the dap. Money manager's like, come in just a little bit more. I got to get some of this cash to work. <laughs> What should we buy now? I'm in. I'm one of them. <laughs> I'm. I got too much cash too. I'm hey, one of them. Coming up on the pre-market low, boy, we're finally getting some action here, and I get to fly with Dennis today. This is going to be fun. Uh, Thirteen. Yeah, always when I can't trade is always great. I'm, I'm obviously not trading tonight. We're traveling to New York. Always when I can't trade, that's always when we get action. Uh, 1350. Yeah, thirteen fifty. Yeah, you can take that to the bank. 
1350 is your pre-market low. We're, we're going to hit that. I have a daily, daily pivot at 11 and a quarter, but uh, nice range here. Nice action as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, just up, up, up here. So we will, uh, we got some more things to cover. Uh, one life, one chance says I work from home. My works, wife works downtown Detroit. We have one car. I walk or get a ride share if I need to go somewhere. Well, there's the biggest thing too with the cars too, is I work from home now too. I mean, there's so many people that work from home, um, especially in the business world here. So you need to drive less. I mean, I can, we could probably, I like having two cars. I just don't like being stranded, but I mean, right. the, the, the whole way the world is working now, there's so many people, more people working from home. There's definitely going a need. The need for cars is going. And what do you pay in car insurance a year? Well, I there's mean, a little huge expenses. Just wait till you, you get if, young. If the average household goes from two cars to one car. That's real bad Ooh. for GM. Oh. oh, oh my gosh! And that was the original. You know the original story why Detroit doesn't have good public transportation, right? The original story. No. You didn't take history. After, Not Detroit history, no. After World War II, you know there were all these public works programs. Right to build freeways and sub, you know, uh, subways and public transport. You know, pumping all the money to get us, you know, off the Schneid after the war. And Detroit said, "No, no, no. We don't need any rails. We don't need any. You can't get from my house to Detroit unless you. I mean, you could take a bus. It'd take it two and a half hours. They wanted two cars in every garage. And so you look. There's not a good trend. I mean, we built a queue line a few years ago." So there's not, it was strictly the auto companies saying, hey, we don't want the money for that. Of course, freeways, point, eh? yeah, were eventually that. built. But I mean, come on, you're in Chicago, you're in New York, you're in just about every other city in the world, maybe not LA. But I mean, you can hop on a train in Chicago. I mean, when I lived in Chicago, the people that were in the suburbs, you know, they take the L or whatever the trains were. So, I mean... And it, we're still sticking to that theory, and it, it hasn't helped a whole lot. But I mean, uh, Toronto is the same thing. There's nobody, you know, everybody that lives in the city, they're taking, you know, the GO train in because you can't find, you know, the parking is too expensive, for one thing in Toronto. And the second oh. thing, the traffic on the road is just too expensive. So the people, you know, the commuters, the business people that work in the city, if you're anywhere within an hour, really, of Toronto, even up to Barrie, that's like you know, 50 miles north of the city, GO train that goes there continuously all morning. You know, that runs like every 15 minutes. It's just going through or 10 minutes, I think, you know, taking people down to Toronto and it gets there in 45 minutes flat. You know, it's they're moving for 50 minutes. It gets there. So, you know, way more efficient than sitting on the highway and not moving in your car. You know, that go train's going to go. So, yeah, transportation has been changing for years now. And maybe that's a reason why, you know, these stocks have been in the doghouse, too. Um, there's so many reasons why I'd be nervous still being. And that's also oil. Why? Like, how can you get, you know, super excited about oil? I That's mean, why. Oh, and, and we're going electric. I mean, the writing is on the wall for oil companies. I own almost zero oil companies. The only way I own any oil companies is indirectly through like the ETFs, the Canadian ETFs that have like a good chunk of their money in there. But I don't own any, I think, oil companies directly anymore. And the main reason for that is we're going electric. This is, this is not getting stopped now. They, they stopped it 100 years ago. They are not stopping it this time. We are going electric. There is going to be a ton of electric cars on the road coming from all, from Ford, from GM, from Chrysler, from, you know, from obviously Tesla's the leader there, uh, from Toyota, electric is coming. And there's no turning this back now. So the writing is on the wall for the oil and gas companies there. There's going to be a lot less need 
for that in the future, I believe. 10 years from now, you're not going to see nearly as much need for that. And that is why the oil companies just cannot catch a bit. There was an interesting story on 60 Minutes last night about uh, deep sea mining. And there's all these shells on the ocean floor that can be used to power electric car batteries, right? All these like metals that sort of coalesce around really? rocks on the ocean floor. And they're starting to mine them or it's not really mining because they're not digging. They're more of just extracting them. And these these shells that, that, are, that are way at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean are a power source for electric car batteries. So uh, check that out. It's a really cool story. Um, 8.36 here. We're still waiting on Alan Broxian to okay. join us. So I do want to hit on a few more news items here. Sure. Sun, Sun Power this morning, Sun, SPWR announced a 22 million share common stock offering. And we I haven't seen the stock move this much off of a, a – uh, I, I guess it makes sense, actually. I guess it makes sense. Now, solar stocks have just been terrible in the last few months, and obviously some egg on my face. I've been bullish solar for a long time, but I stayed bullish, and obviously I shouldn't have. Uh, I don't own any. I got on my first solar when I bought it, and I just got out just in the nick of time because um, I didn't like the chart. These things continue to go down. Is it going to be a time to buy these things? I think so. I think there's going to be a time, and I think that time is soon, but they're still in the gutter here right now. I mean, you can just go tan, and you can buy them all, but, you know, you look at a chart like SunPower, and I mean, we've given back almost the entire rally, you know, and this was an impressive 2019 from $6 up to, you know, $16. Now you're back down here, seven, eight. I got to sit, I haven't really analyzed some of these smaller ones from a fundamental basis, like to really understand are they burning a lot of cash. And that's why I'd love, again, to get Gordon Johnson on this show to tell me which solar companies to buy, because I want, I believe in solar. I just don't know which companies are the, the survivors here, the best ones to own. Like, obviously, Solar Edge has been the best performer, but I'd love to hear from uh, Gordon Johnson here on the show sometime. And a couple other headlines I had on my list here. Uh, Yandex has a small, or they authorize a small buyback, YNDX. It was a small amount here. Let me pull it up. That's been moving. Yeah, it's up Yandex. Again, it a, you know, not that small. $300 million share buyback yeah. program. So that's that's significant. That's moving. It's up at thirty-seven eighty here now. Thirty-eight bucks. September. What do you think, Joel? It's moving uh, now. Uh, YNDX. Yeah. Kind of not something I trade actively either. I've traded uh, it before, but I mean, not something I follow closely. It's filling a gap. It's jump. Um. Yeah. What's all those highs right there at thirty-eight? Right. I see. I see one, two. I see four or five highs between 38 and 38, 31. It's called 38, 15. That clears it. A couple other highs just under 38. So, man, a lot a lot going on. Get you break above 38 and a quarter, close above that, you know, your first 15 minutes. And, yeah, I like it. If not, you're opening right into the teeth of resistance. And I guess you filled the gap on Friday here in YNDX. And we've got – Retail earnings season here. This is kind of the last yep. big week of earnings. Yep. There are there are going to be a couple of stragglers next week and the week after, but more or less, this is kind of the, the final big mm-hmm. week. I'll, I'll just read you some names we're going to get this yep. week, starting uh, really starting tomorrow. Uh, Home Depot, Kohl's, TJX before the bell. Um, we've got on Wednesday before the bell, Target, Lowe's. Wednesday after the close, L Brands. I see uh, Macy's on Thursday, BJ's on Thursday, and Friday or Thursday after the close, Splunk, Nordstrom, Gap, Raw Stores. Friday is Foot Locker, so it is sort of the uh, 
the big week for retail earnings here. I mean, the retailers have been really benefiting from the laggard trade. You know, where stocks back in September, the growth stocks came out of favor and the laggards came back into favor. If you just look at the XRT, you can caps, capture most of them. I mean, in the last two months, the XRT is up about 15%. But you look at some individual movers, Kohl's has been a fantastic stock in the last couple of months, running from 46 to 59. Nordstrom running up from 26 to 38. Uh, Kohl's, Macy's, Macy's has been lagging. It's still fighting. It's starting to look a little bit more interesting here as it's starting to break out. Again, though, the fundamental story still is not good here. So stocks have a nice life. If I was in these, this is where I'd be ringing the register on the Coles and the Nordstrom. They've had some impressive, impressive moves. I mean, there's always the, the great ones like Nike, you know, but when you're looking at the department stores, a lot of them have done pretty well here in the last couple of months. I think it's probably a selling opportunity long term. This target has just been unbelievable, too. The target's a different story. Yeah. That's firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, a, you know those are the kind of stocks that are still running. So you know, not in the gutter. Stocks are at all time highs. Completely different than a Coles or a Nordstrom that has mm-hmm. been for, for you know better out of favor. The targets right. tar- Target has just been an unbelievable company. Yeah, and it has given it back from the gap ago. As far as like strategies, uh, you know, heading into these stocks, earnings can always be unpredictable. They can come out with a a good report but bad guidance, or a bad report that good good guidance. I know for strong stocks, uh, Triple D, you like to play them ahead of the earnings event, you know, because everyone's like, oh, I got to be long into earnings and then you know take that profit uh, the day of or the day. We'll talk about that, that tomorrow too. The event run up. Event run up and uh, so hey, well, we're we finding Alan or is he uh, is he I, still lurking? I, I hit him up here, still waiting on him to uh, join us. But and and real quick, going back to the, to the retail, we know what we want to look for. We want to look for e-commerce growth. Yes, uh, that's sort of like the big thing that we want to see. Um, they'll find a reason. Uh, I, 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 if they had to find a reason to sell it or buy it, I think that would be it. On, aside from the EPS and the revenue, we want to see the e-commerce growth, and that's the big number to watch for. So keep that on your radar as you sort of go through. Obviously, every company is different. With uh, with the gap, I don't know what you want to see there. Maybe you want to see some just maintaining their their previously issued guidance. Not, I hate the gap. Not lowering, but. Uh, it, it, it's such a company-specific industry that it, it's hard to paint retail with one with one overarching with one brush, right? It's Every trends. Company. I mean, Lululemon yeah. is mall-based, still hot. Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard. It, it, the hot stories have stayed hot. You know, these trends that happen, and I don't know why Lululemon, why people want with the yoga pants. I mean, it's just never cooled off. That story never cooled off, and that stock never cooled off. And there it is making new all-time highs again. So you get the you know the dip there that we had. I don't even remember what that was from a couple of weeks ago. Maybe it was just overall market. But you get a little bit of a dip here, and they just come, and they start buying and buying and buying and buying. There was a headline. What was the Lululemon headline from like two weeks ago when it went down to the low 190s? There was something on it. Do you remember? I'm going back to like going to the pro. It's nice, no. nice thing about the don't. pro is you can look up you know the old headlines if you just go and search through. The November fourth, November fifth. There was a headline in there, right, and it was a buy the dip opportunity as well. Again, uh, you know these are just you know when they're good stocks that have been good for a long time, you get those dips. They just get bought. Mm, I, I don't see anything on that, but I I do want to bring on our guest today. So let's bring him on, Alan Brockstein. He is the founder of uh, 420 Investor, also the founder of New Cannabis Ventures. 
uh, one of, if not the uh, go-to expert in uh, the cannabis space. And we wanted to try to get him out last week, but this is the week. Alan, uh, we're just trying to digest the, uh, the earnings season here. So we've talked about this on our show. We obviously know that cannabis has not had a great year, but from your point of view, how do you sort of uh, react? What is your reaction to what we saw with, as far as earnings are concerned? Yeah, first of all, sorry, I'm, uh, I may be uh, an expert in cannabis stocks, but obviously not in following instructions. I was trying to type you guys. <laughs> that's, that's okay. About that. It's okay. And I'm like, You're a good company, Alan. You're He's in company. demand. <laughs> uh, so uh, look, look, last week was all about Canada, and it was nasty. Nas- you know, everybody's known that Canada's rollout's been uh, uh, anything but, but perfect, and uh, in fact, it's been disastrous, and uh, it was all confirmed last week. I'm happy to talk about those details, but what I want to uh, talk about today also is uh, this week's all about the United States, and we have the three largest companies reporting over the next two days, tomorrow and Wednesday, uh, in terms of uh, Q- Q2 sales, the three largest, and, and that would be TrueLeave uh, is in first place, CureLeaf is in second, and uh, GTI Green Thumb is in third, and uh, they all report this week, and if, if you just go by the analyst consensus, there may be a lead change, but, but all of them are expected to grow nicely. So, Alan, we know it's been a tough run here, um, you know, and maybe we should just start with the overall outlook here. Obviously, a lot of these stocks are, are, are Canadian based here. This, you know, has some of these earnings were okay and they got, you know, they, they lifted for a, a little bit and then they got sold. Which one I was mean, okay? I, I didn't find anything. <laughs> Well, Kronos was trading up on its initial report. I thought the Kronos oh report. Was... There's no there there yet. So, <laughs> so what yeah. are your thoughts here? I mean, we're we're, yeah. we're we're trying to find some silver lining here. Yeah. And well, I've got this. I had you know one of my friends asking me significant. I get this on Afria because I'm local to it. But I yeah. mean, it, it, there's a lot of people who are down significantly on a lot of these Canadian pot stocks. What is the silver? Is there a silver lining here, well, or is this just a matter of valuation? Is still just been the issue. I think it's more than valuation. The fundamentals are worse than we expected. And uh, so, you know, you want a silver lining. I actually think I've been trying to warm up the Tilray for a while. You know, it was, it was hijacked by the traders. It made it hard to like it even from day one when it was running up. You knew yeah. it was going to end badly. But uh, the, the stock's valuation has come back to earth. And, and they're, so when you look at Canada, there's, there's two big business models among the large companies. Uh, one, one would be, the farmer model is, uh, is the, the detractors call it. And, and that would be Canopy Growth and Aurora and Afria. These are companies that have significant investment in cultivation. And then you have the asset light or we're not farmers and that's Kronos and Tilray. And when it's all said and done, uh, I mean, I, I think that that second model may be the better model. Somebody's got to grow the cannabis, no doubt. And uh, there's, there's supply coming on. Uh, these companies aren't ramping very well in general, the farmers. Uh, so maybe the, the uh, asset light guys better figure out where they're going to buy their cannabis from. But, uh, but in the long term, uh, uh, Tilray and Kronos are about building brands and not building factories and, uh, for the most part. And so Tilray's numbers were not that bad, but I, I would just continue to caution that they need to, to raise some equity capital until, the, until their balance sheet is in better shape. Uh, and actually, I would say that for all of these companies, right. uh, I need to look a little closer at Kronos. So let's leave them to the side. Kronos has the Altria cash. Canopy has the uh, uh, Constellation cash. But wow, that cash is just shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. And if you look at the losses that Canopy generated this quarter, 
while I think the future looks brighter, that cash all of a sudden doesn't look that great. So um, I think uh, this is a really tough time for these large Canadian LPs. Uh, they have not really uh, capitalized on the, the first round of, of cannabis in, in Canada, that first year in which the products were limited and the retail stores weren't really open yet. So hopefully it's about to get better with new products and more stores, but uh, really tough first year. Uh, is there a situation here for some of these companies that the cash is dwindling, that they could get into a cash crunch if they can't raise it? Like, is there a situation that we could lose a few of these companies? Uh, well, we already have lost uh, some one Canadian LP. They had a license issue and they ran into a cash problem. That was called Ascent Industries. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, there's a company in the U.S. also that went into receivership. When you look at Canada, broadly speaking, the answer is definitely yes. But when you look at these larger ones, I, I, I wouldn't project that. What I would project in this is that they will raise capital, but at painful prices. And we're already seeing that. Aurora has an ATM or at the market, uh, uh, and so does Tilray. And Aurora has been tapping it. They tapped it during the quarter, and they've tapped it after the quarter. They also uh, had a, a big convertible debt uh, date uh, looming in March, early March. And uh, they, they're allowing those holders to convert at a, a discount to the current price, which is a pretty beaten up price. So, so that's probably the more likely path that we just see some dilution among these companies. And, you know, who would have thought a year ago that I would be saying this, but even Canopy Growth may need to raise some money. This, all of a sudden, all that money they had is shrinking so fast. It just doesn't look promising in, in the context of how much they're losing. So they're either going to have to... Uh, improve their margins, uh, which they will, by the way, uh, or maybe raise additional capital. It's, it's hard to believe. What about the Afria numbers? Because they were making money. <clears throat> Are they uh, in a better situation here? Like uh, the one quarter was really good. Yeah, they and... were really making money. They, they, had, they benefited just like Aurora did this quarter. They benefited. It's kind of a weird thing. You know, accountants uh, have these funky ways of, of conveying reality. And so if you have a convertible note and your stock price plunges, that's a profit. Well, not really. I mean, you don't see any cash. So I followed the cash and no uh, Aurora, I'm sorry, Afria did not generate any positive cash or anything like that. They have huge CapEx or have had huge CapEx uh, requirements. So they've, they've burned a lot of cash. Their balance sheet, they don't have a gun at their head, Dennis. They, they, uh, they have a lot of debt, but it's not due anytime soon. So they have some time to prove themselves out. But you know, they were expected to be one of the leaders. And if you look at where they are in terms of revenue, they're really not. They've been passed up by, by some. Uh, and so they just got some additional licensing. Uh, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have questioned the quality of their product, and, and that remains to be seen. They didn't take any write-downs like Canopy Growth did and Organogram has said they're going to do and some others as well. There's, you know, it's messed up, but a year ago, there was no cannabis. If you had it, you just shipped it into the stores and you assumed it would sell. Well, it turned out some of this hasn't sold. It's being returned. And, uh, you know, that, this is what happened to Canopy Growth. And I'm just wondering if Afria is going to see some returns when they report their November quarter uh, uh, in mid-January. Oh, go ahead, Joel. Uh, we're on the line with Alan Brockstein. He's the author of... Uh, 420 investor letter and new cannabis ventures. Uh, a couple stocks I want to ask you about here. Uh, one, uh, VFF Village Farms. I uh -huh. believe they're, they're a grower here. Uh, bad move on Friday. Ugly looking monthly chart. Any uh, 
any comments on Village sure. Farms? Not yeah, I don't follow that one quite as closely. And, you know, that business, when you look at it, it's, it's mainly non-cannabis. But I do track them, and I know they have a lot of fans. And they, they've done a, a much better job than I would have imagined. Uh, and this is one of the things that concerns me in general about the whole industry, how you can have somebody like a Village Farms who, you know, comes in the industry and all of a sudden just quickly, you know, is able to produce a lot of cannabis. With that said, this quarter it went down, their, their uh, revenue went down and they, they were having a problem with their JV partner. Uh, I never understood why they even picked Emerald to be their JV partner. It was kind of an odd choice at the time, but they have a legal issue right now uh, and, and, and that's contributing. So they're, you know, they, they are actually making money from their cannabis sales. They're, they're doing what they said they were gonna do. They're growing cannabis at a low, low cost and they're making money. Uh, and additionally, their quality seems to be pretty high, uh, which is good, good to see as well. And what about uh, my Elkana, L-Q-S-I-F? Yeah. Dennis, just every time I ask him, he won't even look at it. He just says, <laughs> so, you won't even look at it. Don't tell me you looked at the bed. You did not look at what I sent I, you, Dennis. When everybody says, uh, I, I'm just, I'm just Dennis, uh, sorry. Dennis, I sent you yeah. numbers. I know comments. I, did you read what I sent you? Did you look Joel's at it? Joel's trying to sell me on this one. Should, should I be sold, Alan? Did you look at what I, I sent you? I don't want to hear Alan. Alan knows a lot more about this Alan's than I do. Not, you're not telling the truth, Dennis. Did you look at what I sent you? <laughs> I opened Good. it up, saw it was a pot stock, and I closed you it. You did not. Yeah. I got to tell you, Dennis, I, I made that rookie mistake a little bit, too. I, I have a couple model portfolios that it was in, and you know everything's getting killed in uh, – and, and when you're when you're trying to manage your positions, paper or real, if everything's getting killed, you just kind of get freaked out when something's <laughs> down and not getting killed. And and so going into that number, I was a little nervous. To, like somebody knew something, and no, they didn't. And it was a great report. Their alcohol business is cranking, doing just fine, no problem. And I thought maybe there'd be a little bit of an issue because of the uh, you know weakness in the Alberta economy. That wasn't. There's nothing, no problem. And, and their cannabis business is incredible. It turned a profit. They're doing, they say that they're doing, uh, I, don't, I don't think they're quite there yet, but they, they say they, they can do $4 million per, per year per store in Alberta. And they're on their way. I, I guess they are there. I'm sorry. So they're on their way to 30 stores. That's $120 million in revenue just in Alberta as they, as they get there, if they can keep this pace up. It, there's some question about that. But the real opportunity there is Ontario. So Here's the deal. This is a very cheap stock. I like it. I'm a little mad at myself for reducing my exposure in one portfolio and chopping it in the other to buy other things that are beaten up. Hopefully that works out, but I'm hoping to get back in this. This stock is going back to 10 over time. And I think if you're sitting on the sidelines and you want like, uh, you want to listen for the bell, the bell gets rung when uh, Ontario announces they're going to open up license, you know, retail licenses. What is the symbol on that one? Alcana, L-Q-S-I-F. You should know that, Dennis. Too many, some, too many letters. Click. Okay. Hey, uh, Alan, before we let you go here, so we've been talking about the public markets. What about the private markets? Are, are, are things as bad there as they are on Wall Street? I don't have as big a read there. From what I understand, capital's dried up, and a lot of these people, their exit strategies seem to be evaporating. But with that said, you know, there are a lot of private companies that don't have the pressure of reporting uh, to their shareholders all the time. And uh, what, you know, they're not depressed because they're watching their stock go down day after day after day. But there are a lot that are generating positive cash. They're looking to go public. And I think that'll be one of the interesting stories in 2020 to see what some of these, and there's some really good companies. Uh, I mean, we just interviewed this guy, 
uh, Al Harrington, uh, his, his brand or his company is called Viola. Really interesting company. I think he's active in Michigan too, or about to be, but uh, more, more from the West Coast. He's a former NBA star. I, I was, I was going to say, yeah. is, that, is that the yeah. same guy from the NBA? He is. And, you <laughs> know, you that... see a lot of these things and you just laugh because you know, like, this clown doesn't know what he's doing. But that's not the case here. This is a very authentic person who's actually running a good business. And he's been able to, they just raised, I think, $16 million recently. So I think wow. the private market, uh, the valuations obviously come down and the public markets come down. But uh, it, it'll be really interesting. There's, a, I think... People get caught up and they think the industry is these public companies. And the reality is there's a lot of really good private companies and, uh, you know, maybe staying under the limelight allows them to continue to grow. One more quick one. Sure. Uh, they ask about Congress voting to federally legalize this uh, marijuana. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a game over. Congratulations. Everybody. No. So, look, I don't even understand why they're, they're doing this. It's a committee vote. And even if they were, even if the Congress were to uh, to approve it, which maybe it could because it's just party line and the Democrats all uh, 100% go that way and no Republican. I don't know. Even if they did, it's not going to pass the Senate. This is ahead of its time. Uh, I'm very encouraged that these conversations are starting to take place in these committees and they're starting to consider some of these problems. And it leaves me optimistic that in the long run, we'll move in this direction, but it's so complicated. It's going to take quite some time. And so I would not get excited about this news, uh, about the Moore Act. Sneaking one more in on you, then we'll let you go. GW Pharma, the one that started it all. Big pullback here. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I have a small position in one of my portfolios, kind of like Alcana. You know, you get freaked out when everything's going down. This one's obviously not tied to, the, to what's going on Automatical. in the cannabis market. They don't have the funding issues or anything like that. But what a horrible stock chart. To, to go from that all-time high to lose, uh, you know, almost, I guess, 45% of its value. Uh, you know, three straight beats uh, once Epidiolex was introduced, partial quarter, two full quarters. This was the fourth quarter, the third full quarter. And then all they did was basically meet the expectations. And I think you had certain people take that as a signal, and they just decided to say, see you later. And there's so much more to this company than just Epidiolex. And they have the European rollout coming soon. And Sativex is, is coming back to life in the United States. And, and there's more things in their pipeline. So the company is not all about epidiolex, but I think that's, there's just been a shift in sentiment after all those beats that only met the expectations. And I think that's kind of short term, but with that said, that chart looks terrible. You, you say a shift in cinnamon? Sentiment. Oh, okay. Sentiment. Sentiment. <laughs> All right. Uh, Alan Broxine is the founder of 420 Investor and New Cannabis Ventures. Alan, thank you so much. Thank you, Alan. Today. Great to talk to you guys. Take care. All right. 8.58 here. A couple more minutes before we wrap up, guys. Any final thoughts? Anything we missed? Uh, Let's look at imbalances here, um, which we haven't talked about yet. So morning. I always, first thing I like to do in the morning is always look at the TLT, what's doing is trading up slightly, which makes me think, okay, well, it's so slight, that's probably not going to impact much, but I do see Bank of America, 124,000 to sell, Citigroup, 21,000 to sell, with the TLT slightly higher, that can put a little bit of pressure on there. Um, Alibaba, this one stands out, 210,000 shares to buy in Alibaba here this morning. The buy the dippers were lurking last week on Alibaba, it is almost back up to the highs. General Electric. I know this trend still keeps going higher. It seems to keep getting bought every day by Tyler. Somebody's selling every morning. 503,000 <laughs> shares to sell here this morning in General Electric. 
seems like every time it opens down, it's been a buying opportunity, though. That's uh, pretty much. The All right. Uh, someone's asking about Snap here, and man, and man, it's just mirrored in a trading range here. I mean, longer term, it's been thirteen to fifteen thirty, and right in the smack dab middle of the range. Not sure when they have earnings or what the potential catalyst. Been a great performer for the year. Had several green candles, and now you're working on three, four red candles in a row. So, uh, not, no, really, not looking seeing anything here until you break above fifteen forty. And there seemed to be pretty good support here at the twelve seventy to thirteen dollar area. S and P's uh, coming off their low. They matched that. Did they get to thirteen fifty? Did they match that? Man, these guys are good. I think you did match. You match that pre-market low at thirteen fifty. Got a little bit of a rebound here up. Let's see if we can get unchanged on the session. Distance ourselves from the pre-market high, so that's going to be a little bit tougher of a target. But uh, right now, I would say holding that pre-market low is pretty important to keep us from falling back down to uh, thirty-one hundred. Uh, Triple D, any final comments from you? Uh, chop a little bit of chop here this morning, but really. I, it's the same story here. I mean, you get the dip and then and the leaders, and they get bought. So I think a play continues to play out, and, and I don't see a reason to be big time bearish here, at least not right now. I mean, we can we get a three hundred point sell off here on the Dow? I mean, we're due. We're, we've been buying for a while, but again, I think those dips get bought. So I think you know coming here, and I've seen you know a lot of people come and see me saying, saying, you know, this is the time. You know, markets are up here, been up for so long. You know, we're due for a correction. They've been saying that for years, though. So the people who come on there have been wrong, saying that markets making new all time highs doesn't want to make me sell stocks. All right, oh. we will see uh, RCA tomorrow at the uh, FinTech Awards. Looking forward <laughs> to that. Yep, I just dropped the link one more time in both of the chats that has the promo code attached, PMPVIP, 24 more hours to get your ticket to tomorrow's FinTech Awards. You can also go to fintechawards.com and do it that way. Programming starts around 10, 30, 11, I want to say. Get there in that window and you should be good to uh, hear Dennis and Joel's first um, for a session there. I want to thank our guest, Alan Brockstein. Thanks to all of you in our chat, both on YouTube and premarket.benzinga.com. Catch our podcast if you missed any part of our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, basically wherever podcasts are available, or watch us again on YouTube. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you live from New York uh, tomorrow. But have a good one in the meantime, and we'll see you on Tuesday. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.